it's good to be back. Um, I wanted to say thank you for all of your kind words and um, your gifts to help for our travel expenses to and from New Mexico. It is a trek. Um, <laughs> it's a long way to drive. <laughs> um, but uh, we were so blessed by um, your generosity towards us, and um, it surely did help us to not have our minds on those things and the logistics, but more on um, being with family. And it was, I, I think I told a couple people, but um, it really was, the week was an living out that holding joy and sorrow at the same time. If you've ever seen Inside Out, you know they have to be together sometimes, <laughs> right? And so in the sorrow and in the pain, there still can be joy. And seeing, like, so I haven't seen my sister in, hi, Mallory, she's watching. <laughs> I haven't seen her in, like, uh, let me get this right, 10 years in person. I know. But when you live that far and we both have three kids, like, yeah. Um, and so we got to be in person together, and then her kids were there, and most of my kids were there. Uh, we missed you. <laughs> but, and, and the cousins together, so they, uh, they did things they didn't get to do growing up, because they didn't grow up together in the same state. My sister lived in, in Colorado most of the time, and um, they didn't get to do those things together growing up, so they built forts, and they did arm wrestling competitions, and they went to the park, and they, what else, silly? Th oh, they did face masks. Uh, I don't know why they were doing beauty treatments, and um, all of them. And um, it was, so there was the joy, you know, just being together and um, enjoying that time and seeing my aunt and uncle, who I haven't seen in, I don't know, long time, my dad's brother. So that was amazing. Um, a quick note, oh, if you don't know me, I'm Wendy. I'm the co-lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard. I forgot to say that. Um, uh, this week, we are not having growth group because of Thanksgiving. So I just wanted to make sure no one showed up for that. Uh, we will be back, both groups. So the women's and the men's group will be back in action next Wednesday, December 1st. And we will go until this, I know, it's December 1st next Wednesday, you guys. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and those will go until, we'll go through the 16th of December, and then we'll take a break for the holidays. So I encourage you to come. You men, you're missing out. Us women, we're having a great time, aren't we? Yeah. We're seeing God do amazing things. So um, I encourage you to come. So let's say our mission statement together uh, here at Mercy Vineyard, what are we doing? We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. Good job, guys. <laughs> they were very enthusiastic. Um, so this morning, we're continuing our five-part series called Get Your Life Back, where we're talking about simple everyday practices designed to help us walk through peace in the midst of volatile, clamorous world. This series leans heavily on the book by the same title by John Eldridge. If you haven't read it, it's a great read. Um, Lee talked first week about how greater un union with God allows us to live freely and how we have to create space in our souls for him, don't we? And just space in general. 
And then Bethany talked last week about how to walk through depression and still have a vibrant relationship with God. So if you haven't listened to either of those, I'd encourage you to go back. Um, This morning, we're going to talk about caring for the neglected places in our souls. And it was so, uh, I, I don't know. Is it God? Maybe. This was scheduled a long time ago, and this message is mainly about grief. And I was scheduled to speak it. How could anyone have known? <laughs> so we're just praying that I get through it this morning. <laughs> I, wrote it a lo- I wrote it quite a long time ago, and um, I told Lee, if I fall apart, you just have to come and read what I wrote. <laughs> so it'll be fine. Um, we'll see. <laughs> So basically, the point is there's grief, disappointment, and sadness in our souls. All of us carry uh, some, it to some degree, right? And they, we don't always recognize it because we like to hold it down. But it takes a lot of energy to hold it under the surface. It's like, have you ever tried to hold a beach ball underwater? <laughs> That's what it's like when you have unaddressed grief, disappointment, you haven't um, dealt with your losses. It's like trying to hold that beach ball underwater, and eventually what's going to happen? It's going to pop up, and probably not at the best time. (laughs) Um, And it's easy to make our soul a low priority because we're so busy. So when those things start, when we do recognize them, we don't want to deal with them because we are just too busy. That takes too much time. And honestly, do we want to feel it? We don't. No. We're very good at avoiding pain, uh, most of us. And um, as I've been grieving the loss of my dad, I realize how tempting it is to push away the pain. So tempting. (laughs) Um, If I kept my mind busy, I could avoid feeling it as intensely. In fact, I could kind of pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) Okay, I can't see my message. (laughs) Now I'm not going to be on camera either, but that's okay. Okay, thank you, Peggy. Um, So, where was I? Sadness. (laughs) Grief. Um, Okay. Yes. So, I knew that as... Once I opened myself up to the sorrow that I felt, that it would take some time to walk through. And I didn't know, I just didn't feel ready to feel it all, you know? Um, And so initially, as it would come to mind, I would just shove it back and do the beach ball thing and just keep going, just keep moving forward. And so luckily, I have a couple of friends that kept reminding me Um, as much as they didn't want to hear it, to live slowly and to not allow myself to numb out. Because when you're feeling pain, what do you want to do? You want to numb it. You want to escape from it. And so now, when it wells up inside, I have a choice. Do I allow myself to grieve that loss? Do I allow myself to feel everything that goes along with it? Do I allow myself to walk through the anger and the sorrow? I told myself I'm going to make it. 
nobody look at me. <laughs> um, or do I take it to Jesus and I, do I open the door for him to come in? And maybe you can identify. It may not be the loss of a loved one that you're walking through. It may be a childhood trauma that you're running from or a disappointment, maybe a loss of a relationship or a dream or um, just things, something didn't turn out the way that you had expected it to. That's a loss. Maybe you're sad because of the pain that a loved one is going through or maybe you're looking at spending the holidays without a loved one for the first time. And grief, loss, and disappointment are not often our main issues, but they tend to be the ones that we run the most from. And we pretend that we're fine. We pretend that everything's good. But we can only do that for so long before our souls begin to suffer because we're leaving these tracks of our souls behind. We're not caring for them. We're neglecting them. It's like when you notice a tiny leak in your faucet, right? And you automatically think, oh, great, I got to deal with that. But you put it off because, after all, it's just a tiny leak. <laughs> And then before you know it, you have this constant drip that drives you nuts. And, thank you. Look at that. Um, I know, right? Um, so you have this drip that is constant. It drives you nuts. Your water bill goes up. And then you, like, you're forced then to deal with it. And this is what grief and loss can do if we don't address them. And when we do this, when we neglect them, our souls become shallow. And it becomes difficult to find God with so little of ourselves available. So when we shut those parts up, then we're not making ourselves available. He can't get into those spaces, right? We shut him out of those areas, and then we have a hard time finding intimacy with him. And loss causes us when we don't when we don't walk through it, it causes us to offer less and less over time. So every time, so for example, if you lose a pet and you grieve that pet and then you get a new pet, but you don't quite attach yourself quite as much to that one as you did the first one because you lost that one and that hurt, right? And each time with each one, you may not attach as, as closely because you don't want to grieve that loss the same way, with the same intensity. Um, I know when I was talking to my mother-in-law on the phone um, the day after my dad passed away, and she said, I don't remember what she said, but I said, um, it's, it's going to sound really silly, but I said, it just makes me not want to love as much because it just hurts too much, <laughs> right? But that's not how God created us to live. And if I shut that part off, then I can't, I can't be fully available to God. I can't have that intimacy with God if I'm not allowing 
myself to love the way that I'm created to love. So we're going to talk uh, about a few ways to care for these neglected areas, but first we're going to pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that there is nothing that we can experience or feel, Jesus, that you have not experienced and felt. I thank you, God, that you are right in there with us. And I ask, Lord, that your word would um, bring life to us, that it would bring your truth, God, revelation. Lord, help us to allow you to shine light in all the places. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to read um, John 21, verses 15 to 17, and I just read this in another message recently, but it applies here as well. This was after Jesus was resurrected, and he came to visit the disciples while they were out fishing, and they saw him on the shore, so they rode back, and Jesus is cooking them breakfast. And this is the conversation that followed between him and Peter. Starting in verse 15, it says, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So Jesus is going after the unaddressed issues of Peter's soul here. Like we talked about before, Peter had denied Jesus three times. He was weighed down with grief and shame and self-hatred. And through these three questions, Jesus is pushing into those neglected areas. He's knocking at the door. And today what I want you to know is that God is inviting you to enter the neglected places so that you can experience restoration. He's not going to bust down the door, but he is going to invite you. The world does not offer adequate time to grieve or heal from our losses. So the average bereavement period in corporate America is four days for the death of a spouse or a child. Four days and three for a parent. That's horrible. It is not enough time. We can't live in our grief, obviously. We can't live in that space. But it's not enough time for those types of losses. And the thing is that your losses matter. They matter. Show kindness to yourself and acknowledge that. Even when you think it's not that big of a deal compared to so-and-so who lost this, or it's not that If it's a loss to you, it matters. And it matters to the heart of God. Gonna, we want our souls to be strong and ready and, and um, filled with God's presence and not fried and empty, but they, but they can't be strong and ready if we don't care for them. And Matthew 5, 4, it says, uh, God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. He blesses those who mourn. 
He's inviting us to that space. So let's talk about some ways we can accept that invitation. First, invite God to show you the places you've neglected. Sometimes, like I said, we don't even know what our losses are because we haven't paid attention. So pay attention to what triggers you, right? You find yourself tearing up to, at a movie or a song, in a, you know, and maybe it's not a sad movie <laughs> or a sad song. Have you ever found yourself like tearing up at a weird moment and you're like, what is going on here? Oh, I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> we have to pay attention to those. What is, what is that situation awakening in you? What's going on there? It's, I know that in my life, God has brought stories to my mind of things that have happened to me or losses that I've had that I thought that's just in the past, but he's brought them back up in my mind, and I found myself weeping what is going on? God, I thought I dealt with this. But in his kindness, he brings it back to me so that he can do a deeper healing work. Because truly, before all I had done is gone, that's in the past, and shoved it away rather than allowing Jesus to heal it and to come into that space with me. And what we want to do when he brings those things up is ignore them and stay busy but we need to allow ourselves to walk into them. Sometimes we grieve the initial loss, like in that situation I was just talking about, from my childhood or other instances, um, and we grieve that initial loss, but there's other related losses that we have to grieve as time goes on. So it's, it's not enough to think, well, I've already done that. That's past. We've got to allow Jesus to, to show us where we maybe need deeper healing. Now, you're not going to want to go for every neglected place at once. <laughs> That's too much. So you're going to want to pick one thing that you would call a loss or a disappointment, something that you feel you've had to put aside because there wasn't the time or space to deal with it. Or you just haven't dealt with it. Something that, that God is kind of, you know, tapping on your shoulder about. And allow him to show you that space. Now, this can be daunting, but God draws us close to himself when we grieve. It can feel like he's far away, but Psalm 34, verse 18, tells us he is close to the brokenhearted, and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He's close to you when you're brokenhearted. He will meet you in that space. So next, you need to name your loss. You need to be specific. What was lost? Was it a friendship, a hope, an opportunity that may have changed your future, that you missed out on it? We often think things like, well, that shouldn't bother me so much. And that's why we shove it down. But if it bothers you, then let God bring healing. Write it down. Give it a voice by saying it out loud. David did this all the time in the Psalms, and he was open about how he felt before God. As Bethany talked about last week, and in Psalm, or yeah, it was Psalm chapter 13 that she read to you. And there's many of them where David is very clear 
about how sad or broken or angry or frustrated he is. And we need to name those things. We need to allow ourselves to voice it. And then next, allow your soul to feel. Don't tell it what to feel. Just give it permission. I know that I keep, this is my most recent experience with grief, so I'm just going to keep <laughs> referencing it. This is all I know to tell you. Um, I know that there was a point in between when my dad passed and his service, and actually after as well. It's come up several times, <laughs> where I was just super angry, just super angry, and kind of mad at God, right? Because we know that God is good. I know he's good. But this experience doesn't feel so good. And what my dad had to go through doesn't feel so good. My dad was a faithful man of God. I mean faithful. Why? But then, like Lee has talked about so many times, why is the wrong question? Because it just has a spinning <laughs> And instead, we just have to allow ourselves to feel what we feel and let God meet us in it. Jesus understands our grief. Isaiah 53, 3 describes Jesus as a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. Loss and disappointment, grief, injustice, those things do provoke anger, and you have to find somewhere to take it, right? Um, suppressed anger, according to psychologists, su suppressed anger morphs into fear. So we have to find a way to deal with our anger, and we have to find a healthy way to deal with our anger. Uh, we're often embarrassed by it, but our anger is proof that our hearts are aching for things to be right, right? Think about the things you get angry about. It's just not right. We're longing for justice. So it's okay to be angry. You don't want to edit yourself into silence. You want to allow yourself to experience the uncomfortable emotions without feeding them, because when we feed them, they grow, right? But we, and they get more intense, but, we, but if we allow ourselves to experience them as they are, it enables them to pass. It enables Jesus to bring healing into those areas, because remember, we want restoration. We don't just want relief. Remember, when we're sad or we're angry, we look for relief, but we want restoration. We want God to bring healing. And so we have to allow ourselves to express those things without feeding them. So allow your soul to feel. And then invite Jesus in. Invite his love, his comfort, his presence into the specific loss. Um doesn't matter how small you feel the loss must seem to God. He still cares about your pain. Psalm twenty-two twenty-four says, For he has not ignored 
or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but he has listened to their cries for help. And Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. It doesn't say that he's collected the tears that were shed for something important or that he leaves out the tears that were for silly things. It says all of them, all of our tears. So when you invite him in, just ask him, what are you saying to me about my losses? Because his comforting words are part of the healing. And here's the thing. We have to be proactive about this because um, we just... We just keep ourselves busy and stuff everything down. We have to answer God's invitation. The thing is, you can't stand at a distance from your own soul and ask Jesus, would you just go in there and deal with that? I'm going to stay out here. You go in there and clean all that up. No, Revelation 3.20 tells us that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Right? And he's waiting for us to invite him in. So what does that mean? We have to be on the inside. We have to be in that space in order to invite him in with us. We have to allow him to come and heal those things, but to be in it with us. So this morning, I just I want to close with um, just some prayer. I think that um, I will. I know for a fact that I'm not the only one in here grieving this morning. I know that. And, but I know that there's got to be more of you. There are some of you who um, are dealing with losses, loss of, re- of a relationship or loss of a job or loss, there's disappointment that you are feeling right now. And you haven't fully allowed yourself to feel it. And Jesus is inviting you. He's inviting you. He's knocking. And um, so I want us to take some time to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to those areas. And I know it's not fun. (laughs) It's not easy, but it is relieving. It's restorative, and it's healing. And that's what we want, right? Right? We got to do the hard things sometimes in order to experience what God has for us. So, um, Lee, would you come and um, we'll pray for some people this morning. Okay. Well, So I just want to invite you, if, if you are grieving a loss this morning of any kind, would you just stand with me? I'm standing. Would you just stand with me? And, and let's, let's just allow the Holy Spirit to come and minister. He wants to meet us in those places. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, I ask for every person standing right in this room, 
I ask that you would help them to sense your love in a tangible way. Just invite you to move in their hearts, God. Lord, we swing the door wide open and invite you to come in. We need you, Jesus, in those spaces. We need you. I thank you, God, that you are the one that restores our soul, that you lead us beside still waters. And that you care about every single sorrow, every hurt. And that you bind up the brokenhearted. You bind up our wounds. And Jesus, I thank you that you can identify with our suffering. You know what grief is. So God, I pray that you would just allow each person to sense your nearness to them, your love for them, and help them to release all of that to you, to speak it to you, to allow themselves to feel it without judgment, Lord, but just to have compassion on themselves the way that you have for them. Father, I pray for every person here that maybe is afraid to grieve, hesitant to grieve. Lord, um, maybe they are afraid that, um, or maybe they just can't see that there's another side to it, that um, there is healing, that but they just can't see it. They can't see that there's another side. They can't see that there's a place of healing. I thank you, Jesus, that you, you bore our grief, our sorrow, that you share in that with us. And Lord, just like when other people are grieving and we have the opportunity to just sort of sit in it with them, God, you come and you sit in our grief with us. Lord, open our eyes to see your role in our grieving. Open our eyes to see you in it, that what breaks our heart breaks your heart, that you care, you're not aloof. Lord, you're with us. And I just want to pray for every person here that's just kind of been afraid to feel hesitant to feel for one reason or another. Maybe it's just because it's uncomfortable. Maybe because you're, you're a, a stoic Midwesterner, whatever the reason. But I just pray for every person, God, that has just been uh, hesitant to feel the feelings. Lord, I pray that you would 
release them. I just want to say, God says you're free to feel those feelings. You're free. You have permission. Give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to feel those things. Give yourself permission to feel the disappointment. Uh, permission. You know, God's not, God doesn't look at you when you grieve and say, hey, where's your faith? <laughs> That's not what God is doing. Lord, I thank you that on the other side, wow, on the other side of it, God, when we allow ourselves to walk through it with you, God, on the other side, we're more like Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There is healing. There is hope. There is joy on the other side. There is peace on the other side of it. Like Wendy was saying, God, we just get exhausted from holding that beach ball under the water. And we don't want to do that anymore. We love you, Lord. We just speak healing over every person in this room today that is just feeling pain and grieving and mourning. In Jesus' name.